It's peeling the layers of the onion and the body keeps the score, the body remembers everything. And so when you get into an alkaline environment, it allows you to release that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wellness Digest for another guest special. Today, we're going to be talking with Rita Fleming. She is a regenerative detoxification specialist who I connected with through Instagram. And because of my background in the food system, I've always been extremely interested in the link between soil health and human health. And I had never actually known that there were practitioners who took this perspective to health. And so I was really excited to find her um, and really excited to introduce you all to her. So Rita, welcome to Wellness Digest. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. Yes. We're so excited to have you. I think it's so special that we get to talk to somebody like you because before Tatum kind of introduced me to this and showed me you, I had never even heard of a regenerative detox specialist. And then kind of looking at your Instagram, watching your IGTVs, it makes so much sense um, what you do and how holistic it is and how it really involves the earth, our bodies, our mind, kind of everything. So I just feel like this is a really special thing. And I don't think I've heard or seen a lot of people talk about this type of topic. So I feel like this is a very special episode for people. Mm, Thank you so much. Thanks for bringing awareness to it. And we are so interconnected. It's really Mm -hmm. important. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that we like to ask our guests, um, this is something that Liv and I kind of wanted to talk about when we first started this podcast, we wanted to ask ourselves, what does wellness even mean to us? Like kind of what, 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 are, what message are we trying to get across here? And so we like to ask our guests as well, what does wellness mean to you? Mm, such a great question. To me, wellness means freedom, freedom in our bodies, freedom in our emotional well-being. Um, and that's really been my whole goal. I mean, I grew up with Iyengar yoga and got exposed to all different levels of health at a, at a very young age. And to me, it was always about accessing greater potential. And so I would be like, whoa, this is possible. What else is possible? And so it's just finding that next step in our own freedom, you know, freedom of expression in our bodies, physically and emotionally. I love that answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very beautiful. And I think that when I've thought of wellness and kind of articulated what wellness means to me, I haven't exactly used the word freedom, but now thinking about it, kind of what wellness means to me, the goals I want to achieve, it does kind of all lead up to freedom over our body, our mind, um, the environment, all of those types of things. So that's a really interesting, cool way to think about it. Mm -hmm. And also in relationship to each other, like free to be ourselves and Mm -hmm. in the company of our community, you know, and freedom of expression in that way as well. So interconnection really. Yeah, absolutely. So Tell us a little bit more about what exactly it is that you do. What is a regenerative detox specialist? um, And how did you kind of get into this space? Yeah, that's a great question. So I got into regenerative health years ago and it was out of necessity. So when I was 19, I was in a near-death car accident and I was told I would not get back to normal activities. I broke 16 bones. I broke my spine in eight places. I couldn't walk for a year and a half um, unassisted. 
And that journey led me into studying every modality of health and healing and wellness. Um, and when the doctors told me I wouldn't get back to normal activities, I knew that I would. I just knew I had to find a solution. And so that led me to studying everything from medical anthropology to nutrition to somatics health, you name it. But I wasn't able to get to that root cause until I found the works of Dr. Robert Morse. Um, and I just started reading his books and watching his YouTubes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, why isn't anyone talking about these things, these really simple concepts such as kidney filtration and cleaning up our lymphatic system and how the chemistry of our food impacts our body's ability to regenerate and heal. And so I dove in and I studied his works with him and I became a regenerative detoxification specialist. I studied clinical herbalism and also a clinical iridologist, which I'll explain more about. Um, but within 11 months of applying his principles, I was able to 100% get out of pain, which I'd been in for 10 years. And that was huge. That was a huge breakthrough. I mean, Literally, just like walking up and down stairs, I'd be in a lot of pain getting up and down off the floor, you know, and I just didn't have that freedom in my body, which is why it's so important to me today. Um, and so through that, I was also able to heal different PTSD symptoms that I was experiencing from the car accident and then like events that happened afterwards. So that was also a huge breakthrough to me because I realized, wow, not only are our bodies able to repair and regenerate and rebuild, but we're also able to heal at that emotional level and let go of things, emotions, traumas that are stored at the cellular level, whether those are passed down from multiple generations or whether it's from events, you know, that we've experienced. Yeah, that is such a holistic approach. I feel like all of the things that you mentioned, um, biologically, our bodies, our emotions, all of these things. And so I'm curious if you could explain to the listeners, and I think honestly myself, um, what does regenerative and regenerative health really mean? Mm -hmm. It's getting back to the principles of nature and your body's own innate capacity to heal and regenerate. And I truly believe we can regenerate at any age, regardless of what we've been through. It's um, just working with these principles, which I will speak to and share more about. <laughs> Rita, before your accident, was this something that you were aware of at all? Like, was health a passion of yours? Like, did was that something that you had even considered before? Or was this truly like a really transformative moment for you? Mm, such a good question. So I was actually always really passionate about health, especially with growing up with different yoga, which showed me that there was so much more than meets the eye, so much that we were not speaking about, so much that we were not learning in the classrooms, just about our own potential and what we're capable of. And that translated into athletics for me. I was a really avid you know, basketball player, did snowboarding, rock climbing, mountain biking, all of these things. And that was my expression and my outlet and my passion. Um, 
and, you know, just, just those different studies also led me to a passion for Ayurveda. So literally at a very young age, I was borrowing my mom's Ayurvedic books and pulling them out and studying them and learning about herbalism and all the different properties of plants and how they impact us physically, energetically, emotionally. Um, and so it's something that I've always been incredibly connected to, but my, my accident was definitely like the transformative force that had me dive in completely to the subject. Wow. I'm just like thinking of all of this, this topic is just so interesting. So as a regenerative detox specialist, what does it kind of look like when you are working with somebody? Mm-hmm. So really it just starts with conversation and listening to people. And it's amazing how much you can learn by simply listening to a person. Once you understand the systems of the body and the way that the body communicates to us. So if for, for instance, if somebody is dealing with high levels of anxiety and stress and inflammation in their body, um, a hard time focusing or concentrating or just um, low energy, all of those are symptoms of the adrenal glands needing love and support. Um, You know, and then if somebody, for instance, is dealing with scoliosis or prolapsed organs or saggy, wrinkly skin, those are all symptoms of the parathyroid gland needing extra support. And so just by being in conversation with somebody, I can gain a ton of information on how to help them move forward um, and supporting themselves. But also I couple it with an iridology report. And Mm. so iridology is amazing. It's been around for thousands of years. And what it is, is it's actually taking a picture of your eye and looking at the structure, the colors, everything that is going on. And I studied with Dr. Robert Morris, who was trained with Dr. Bernard Jensen. And it's the, the only science where you can really see the tissue strengths and weaknesses and toxicities that are happening. So you can look at the brain, the nervous system, the endocrine system, your lymphatic system, um, your bone and connective tissues and every single part of the body and see levels of toxicity and levels of tissue health. Yeah, that is such an interesting field. I, um, I'm a part of this, um, book club full of nutrition, um, practitioners. And when I first heard about iridology, I was like, Tatum, send me a picture of your eye. She, she showed me some things like, this is just wild to see, like to understand how your body is functioning. Um, by looking at your eye, it's just so crazy. And I know Tatum, um, did iridology for her dog. So she also has an interesting experience with it. I am fascinated with this topic and I actually didn't even know that that was something that you incorporated into your practice, but that is really, really cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, haven't had like my own eyes like read by an iridologist, but I did, um, my dog developed this like random, like speck in her eye, like a black pigmented Mm -hmm. speck. And so I, um, sent it into this canine iridologist and she looked at it and sent me the map of the eye and showed me exactly like where the speck was on the chart and told me that it was associated with her liver, which made so much sense because she had just, this was like a month after we got her, after we adopted her, 
we have a really big pecan tree in our backyard. And I did not know that pecans were toxic to dogs. And she had been outside eating the shells, like when we weren't observing her. Um, and so she was like vomiting and, um, vomiting some of the shell pieces. And that's when I looked it up and I realized that they were toxic to dogs. And I was like, Oh no, great. I've just like had this dog for one month and she's like eating all these pecans. And I was so worried about her health, but it really made sense that that, um, speck was associated with the liver because she was trying to clean out all of those toxins that she had just ingested. Um, and so it was like this light bulb moment for me, like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that you could, there were all these indicators within, within our eyes. Um, so that's super cool. It's amazing. I wish we were taught a lot of these things in kindergarten because, mm-hmm. you know, as children and our bodies are constantly communicating to us in so many ways. So if we could just like learn how to see all of the signs and the warning signs and listen to it and make just small pivots and adjustments, it would improve quality of life for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's something that Liv and I talk about all the time is that we don't feel like we learned the the most important things that we should have learned as children. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching kids how to garden um, at a really young age and teaching them about where their food comes from. There's just some like really core components of health and things that reinforce those healthy lifestyle habits that should be taught at an early age when children are starting to like attached to certain habits. Like that's when that young age is when they start forming dietary habits and things like that. And so it's so critical to intervene at that young age for, for many reasons, but yeah. I agree. Yeah. True. Um, I was living in Costa Rica for a while and I was teaching yoga to all the little kids in the neighborhood. They, they actually just like came and found me and were like, hi, <laughs> everyone was from two to six years old. And they spoke in Spanish. My Spanish is kind of limited, but they would show me every single plant outside of their home. This is what my mom uses to cook this dish. This makes you happy, you know, when you're feeling sad, you know, don't eat this one. And like, (laughs) (laughs) it was amazing how connected they were. And um, I think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Before we dive into the six pillars, Rita, because I know that you obviously have worked with a lot of people in regenerative detoxification, I'm curious, like looking from like a out, like a zoomed out perspective, are there organs or certain issues that you feel like most of our population is dealing with or like areas of our body that are getting hit harder with our normal lives? Yeah, that's such a good question. Absolutely. So like in my iridology analysis, I have not come across a single person who is not dealing with lymphatic congestion. Mm -hmm. And so someone might have true blue eyes, but it looks like they have brown eyes and maybe they were born with brown eyes. Mm -hmm. But as you start to get the kidneys filtering, which is our elimination pathway for all lymphatic waste, for all cellular waste, the eyes will change they will go from a brown to a green. So brown is chronic lymphatic congestion. Green is subacute lymphatic congestion. Wow. Cause I know that's me. That was me too. Um, so it's like a yellow over blue, right. Which creates that green. And then you'll also also see white um, in 
in blue eyes, like on the blue part. Um, and that's acute lymphatic congestion. And all of that leads to inflammation in the body. So we're always saying, you know, inflammation is the root cause of so much dis-ease and discomfort. Well, what is the root cause of inflammation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's where we start to get into food and that's where we start to get into lymphatic mm-hmm. congestion, which is your body's the lymphatic system is your body's elimination system. And when that backed up, that's when we see tissue weaknesses. That's when we see, you know, inflammation. That's when we see if it lasts for a certain, a longer period of time, that's when we see organs and glands start to fail. So lymphatic congestion is the first one that I see the most of um, across the boards, regardless of age, even newborn babies. Um, And we can inherit chronic lymphatic congestion from our parents and our grandparents. So that's the first one that I'm always working with. Um, The next is adrenal health. So you can see adrenal health by nerve rings. It looks like the rings of a tree. um, And that's an indication that the nervous system is under stress. And that is due to adrenal gland weakness or a great way to address nervous system health is supporting the adrenal glands. So that's the next one I see a lot of, um, and then endocrine system health. So our endocrine system is everything from our pituitary gland to our pineal, to our ovaries, to our thyroid, our parathyroid, our thymus gland, and all of them serve really important functions. And again, another thing I wish we were taught, like how to take care of your thyroid gland we can do on a daily basis to support that. Um, but like 75% of disease or if not greater at this point is really due to, to endocrine system weakness. And you see that across the boards. Like I see a lot of pituitary and pineal gland, um, like chronic congestion there, and that's coming and stemming from our gut health. So yeah, those are a few of the things that really stand out. Yeah. And I think that something that a lot of people don't know about, like people don't know about the lymphatic system and what our lymph even is. Um, I feel like I just recently like really got a good grasp on what it is. So for people listening who now understand that our lymph is kind of our circulatory system, um, what are some symptoms or signs or things that you see in people that make you think besides the iridology, um, they might Mm -hmm. have sluggish lymph. Great question. So any pain is a sign of lymphatic congestion. Um, PMS symptoms such as cramping, breast tenderness, low back pain, that's all a sign of lymphatic congestion and hormone, hormonal imbalance too, but um, that lymph is a huge component of it. Allergies, any allergies are a sign that the lymphatic system is backed up. So whether it's food allergies or um, to grasses or pollens, all of that is our body speaking to us. Okay, it's time to clean up the lymphatic system. And once you clean up the lymphatic system, those symptoms go away. Gotcha. And so is the lymphatic system one of the six pillars? Yeah, I mean, it is for sure. It's it's a component of it. <laughs> okay, then I'll save my question and I'll let you dive into um, the six pillars because I have a hundred more lymphatic system questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our lymphatic system is our immune system. It's it's such a huge component to regenerative health. It's the found. It's one of the foundations of regenerative health. Um, 
So the six pillars that I love to really address are one, alkalinity. And what that means is getting the body into an alkaline state. And so of our food system, 90% of our food is acid forming when, you know, what's at the grocery store, any processed foods, um, the only alkaline forming foods are your fresh fruits, your veggies, and your herbs. <laughs> and so when we're working with regeneration, we actually have to get the body into an alkaline environment because currently the reason that we're dealing with disease and so many symptoms is because we're in an overly acidic environment. And what happens at a cellular level, like if we were to look under a microscope at our cells in an acidic environment, the cells are clumped together. They're not getting nutrition into them. They're not eliminating toxins. It's, it's stagnation. And that leads to cellular death or cellular aging or, you know, so many of these different things. Now, if you were to look under a microscope and see the body in an alkaline state, in an alkaline chemistry, the cells are free flowing like a river. They're getting oxygen into all the cells. They're getting nutrition into all the cells, which is strengthening them. And they're able to eliminate all of their cellular waste, which again is leading to cellular strength. So alkalinity is the first, first pillar. Um, and the best way to get the body alkaline is just adding in plenty of servings of fresh fruits and veggies and veggie juices throughout the day or adding in, you know, like a scoop of, of superfoods that's like juiced greens, like any way that you can get that alkalinity in is so important um, because our body needs it <laughs> for cellular function. And so is it just kind of a matter of like making sure that the majority of your diet consists of fresh fruits and vegetables? Is that kind of like, oh, like a surefire way to, to know that you're mm -hmm. doing that? Yeah. So my personal lifestyle choice is getting at least 80% alkaline forming foods throughout my day or throughout each meal um, and 20% acid forming foods. And those acid forming foods include beans or grains or nuts and seeds. Um, you know, it's kind of like the playroom, the wiggle room. It's not mm -hmm. like you have to have a perfect diet, but if you want to get into regeneration, there's times when you're going to dive deeper into that alkaline chemistry to get those results. Um, whereas, you know, if you flip it, the, the majority of the standard American diet is actually 20% alkaline and 80% acidic. So we kind of just flip that. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually even surprised that it's, that it would be 2080. I would have thought even less <laughs> is less for sure. <laughs> so question, do you consume animal products at all? And if so, are those on the acidic spectrum or? So I don't personally, but, um, those are considered on the acidic side of the spectrum. Um, again, so like eggs and milks and dairies and animal products would be you're on the acid side of chemistry. And so it's just finding that right balance and ratio. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's so helpful to understand the difference between alkaline and acidic. And I feel like very actionable for people to just focus on getting that 80% from those alkaline foods. And I'm going to go do that this week. <laughs> um, and the other thing is that those alkaline foods are really cellularly hydrating. So they're gonna, um, like water, for instance, does not hydrate your, the inside of your cell fruit 
does. And you don't have to be afraid of like the simple sugars because the next component, which I'll speak of is um, cellular energy or cellular ATP is pillar number two. (laughs) And so through my process of regeneration, I had a lot to heal, right? I was healing my spine, my brain, my nervous system, so many old injuries. Um, And in order for the body to actually repair and regenerate, it requires so much energy. (laughs) So imagine a newborn, like they're sleeping their first six months because they're growing, they're developing. Um, and it requires so much energy. So they're sleeping, right. And they're, they're drinking their mama's breast milk. Um, and so with our bodies, digestion actually takes a lot, a lot of energy. And so when you're getting high alkaline forming foods, fresh fruits and veggies, those are really easy to digest. And the easiest food for our bodies to digest are fruits. Um, and specifically those high water content fruits. So like your watermelon and your raspberries, um, you know, berries, melons, all of those great things. So in order to create cellular energy, we need two ingredients. One is oxygen and the other is simple sugars. Simple sugars found in your fresh fruits and your veggies. And those create cellular energy to A, either rid the body of damaged cells or be repair and regenerate. (laughs) Um, So during regenerative detoxification, oftentimes people will find in their process, they'll have a few days where they're just exhausted and they need to sleep. And that's where the, when the adrenals are repairing and that's when the body is going into its healing mode, because we do heal the most when we're sleeping. So Almost, I guess, I guess we all know this already, but the key is, um, having a diet mostly consisting of fruits and vegetables, because that right there just covers both of the first two pillars. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) does, um, and your fresh fruits actually have the most, the highest measurement of angstroms, which is, is energy. So if we're eating foods like, um, For instance, like raw foods do contain more angstroms, more measurements of energy, and then cooked foods do contain less levels of angstrom. So the idea is we want to have like fresh fruits and veggies have like 12,000 measurements of angstrom and your cells use that to repair. Um, Whereas like dairy, for instance, I think it's at 4,000 levels of angstrom Um, and just to smile just to have enough energy to smile. We need 6,000 units of of angstroms. So the the higher energy food you're eating, that's not only gonna uplift your body's ability to repair itself and its tissues, it's actually gonna increase your emotional well-being, your joy, your gratitude. Yeah. I feel like that really ties into something that me and Tatum have talked about a lot. And I think about a lot is like the health food mood connection and how so many people that we know in our day and age are stressed out, depressed, anxious, um, and how much our food and our body's health actually plays into that. Oh my gosh. So much. Yeah. You know, and there's emotional detox that happens as well. So like as your body gets into higher frequency of energy, your body starts to rid wastes. It starts to rid toxins. It starts to rid emotions, emotional imprints and blueprints. Mm -hmm. And that 
trauma healing comes in. That's where that emotional healing comes in. And when anything is in a suppressed state or a chronic state, we don't necessarily feel it. Yep. And we're bringing these foods in and getting the body alkaline. It gets brought to a subacute state, which means we're starting to feel these emotions that we don't necessarily want to feel, or we didn't know that we're there, that we're trapped. Mm. We're starting to feel old pain. I had to re-experience all of my injuries from my car accident. They had to come to the surface in order to heal. And then as you get deeper into your journey, it brings it to the acute level, which is like acute is like you just hit your you know, thumb with a hammer and it like hurts in the moment, or you just bumped your knee. So you're feeling that those pain symptoms, both physically and emotionally. And once you get through that, it usually passes within two to three days, then you find freedom. You're no longer holding on to those stored emotions or those injuries at the physical level. Wow. I think I can definitely kind of relate to that process that you, um, you were explaining because I feel like, um, I have been working a lot on kind of my emotional health, the trauma aspect, how my body stores things. And I feel like those are things that there are events and things that I dealt with a year or two or three years ago, but lately I felt like they, I've been experiencing those feelings again, and they've been kind of like resurfacing. And I know I've talked to Tatum about this and I've been thinking like, okay, why am I feeling this again? It was so long ago, but that's good to hear that. Maybe it's, I'm having to experience and feel and let that out. Um, again, to really detox from it. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's peeling the layers of the onion and the body keeps the score. The body remembers everything. And so when you get into an alkaline environment, it allows you to release that. Um, So just being really nurturing with yourself, a lot of self-care, taking baths, getting into nature. And something that I share with all of my clients is Honoponopono, which is in the Hawaiian tradition. Um, And it really helps me to move through so much at the emotional level. And it's just, I forgive you. I love you. I'm sorry. I thank you. I forgive Mm. myself, love myself. I'm sorry. And I thank you. So that internal forgiveness and that external forgiveness, and you can move mountains. Even if you're like, I don't actually forgive yet. If you Mm. can just say it, you'll start to work through it and it will like lose its grip on you until eventually you literally are in a, a state of neutrality where it's not impacting you anymore. Wow. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I feel like that just like raised my energetic frequencies hearing you say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I guess what pillar are we on? Next one is next one. Third one. And this where we start to get into the lymphatic system. So we're working on the third pillar is the organs of elimination. So our kidneys are our primary organ of eliminating cellular waste from the body. When those wastes are not eliminated, that's when we run into acidosis, lymphatic congestion, cellular damage, disease. Um, So getting the kidneys filtering is the first step I'm working on with my clients. And it can take anywhere from three to six months because for generations, our kidneys have not been filtering properly. So some people, it takes two weeks. Some people, 
take six months to get those kidneys filtering. But once you do, you open up that elimination pathway for those wastes, the toxins, those damaged cells to leave the body. And that's when you start to have huge breakthroughs in your health and start to get into that, that regeneration. Yeah. So how are you getting, um, those kidney systems? How are you getting that filtration open? Mm -hmm. The number one way is your fruits again. (laughs) So (laughs) your watermelon opens up those kidneys, your tart cherries are amazing. Your grapes clean up the lymphatic system. And those fruits are also supporting your adrenal glands and your kidneys and your adrenals work together. So if those adrenals are shot, the kidneys are not going to filter. So we're also working with adrenal supportive herbs and kidney herbs that help that filtration process. So taking herbs, you know, two to three times a day and adding in lots of those fresh fruits. And the only rule about fruits is you got to eat them on their own because they digest so quickly. If for instance, you mix fruit with like a heavy protein, that that fruit digests quickly, but that heavy protein digests slowly and it will actually ferment. Um, so it will, you know, those, those fruits will sit on top of that other heavy food and it will ferment and then that will create the opposite impact. So when fruit's eaten on its own, it's cleansing, it's astringent, it's cellularly energizing, it cleans up the body. When it's mixed with other foods, it actually <laughs> leads to further congestion and like, fungus and candida overgrowth and that kind of stuff. So that's the only distinction, but you can have as much fruit as you want. So, you know, eating an entire bowl of grapes or like a half a watermelon or like six mangoes or whatever you need, like you don't want to be hungry. You want to be energizing the body, um, creating that cellular ATP and getting that body alkaline. And that's going to help get those kidneys filtering. Lemon water is also really helpful. I think that's great to hear because I feel like a lot of people have this fruit fear almost, um, because of the sugar, because of the carbohydrates, those type of things. And so, um, people are like, oh no, can't have too much fruit. And it's great to hear that that is literally regenerating your body and your body needs that to function. It's our number one and most important food that we can be eating on a daily basis. And kids, again, they know if you put, a whole variety of foods in front of children. Most of them are going to run straight to the fruit because they know it's feeding their body. They know it's hydrating their cells. They know it's supporting their endocrine system health, which is the foundation of their emotional well-being. And it's actually, you know, they recognize that it's the easiest food for our bodies to process, digest, and utilize. Um, And so even veggies actually take have more um, requirements on our pancreas and like insulin production Mm -hmm. fruits do because fruits are actually absorbed through cellular diffusion. And I know it's like the biggest misconception out there. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I definitely don't eat enough fruits and now I'm going to make sure that I get way more fruits into my diet. So the, the third was your organs of elimination, the primary one being your kidneys, because we have trillions of cells and all of our cells need to eat and all of our cells need to excrete. And we need to eliminate that cellular waste on a daily basis. Otherwise it gets built up in the body. 
Um, and then the other organs of elimination are your lungs. And so a breathing in is important for that cellular energy that we talked about, but also um, exhaling eliminates a ton of toxins from the body. So deep breathing is huge for detoxification. Um, and then our skin is our largest organ. And so dry brushing, sweating, um, any way that you can really open up the skin, it is our largest organ. And that's another thing I see almost in every iridology analysis and report is a thick skin ring because people's skin is not properly eliminating. And that can be from putting lotions and toxins on, but also that can be from the thyroid not properly working. And so we're not sweating enough to eliminate our toxins. So kidneys, lungs, and bowels, we need to be having at least two to three um, movements a day to eliminate wastes. Um, and, and yeah, our skin. <laughs> and then pillar four is actually when we get into this, the soil um, and to regenerative nutrition. So we can you know, it's not just the foods that we're eating, the types of foods, but it's also the quality. Mm -hmm. And due to big agriculture, um, chemical agriculture, our soils have been completely depleted. And, you know, top soil scientists say we have about 60 seasons left, 60 years left of, left of growing um, before our soils are not able to produce food anymore. Um, and so one of the top chemicals that's used in agriculture is glyphosate, which is also known as the main ingredient in Roundup. And what it does is, you know, it's a weed killer, but it doesn't only kill weeds, it kills the microbiome of the soil and our soil, you know, there's more organisms in the soil than there are stars in the sky, you know, in a single teaspoon of soil. So the, those microorganisms that we're not seeing are the foundation to health. <laughs> and what they're doing is they're actually breaking down um, the nutrients in the soil so that the plants can absorb them. And what glyphosate does is it, it kills off those microorganisms, those microfungi, those microbacteria. And what that leads to is the plant's immune function being weakened. They're not actually absorbing the proper nutrients and they're not absorbing the proper amino acids, which are the building blocks. And we eat those plants and the, those foods and we're also not receiving those micronutrients. You know, we're super zinc deficient, super micro, micronutrient deficient, um, and also just not absorbing those building blocks, the essential aminos. And so what we've seen, and we see it in iridology too, is just this degeneration, this mm -hmm. of our tissues, our organs, our glands, our endocrine system. And we're seeing with a weakening with each generation instead of strengthening. So what regenerative health allows you to do is it allows you to actually have stronger genetics than you inherited. Mm -hmm. um, what we're seeing as the trend is with each generation, we're, we're seeing weaker genetics. We're seeing more endocrine system weakness, more lymphatic congestion. Um, and that's why we're also seeing, you know, 
we're like, this is the first time in history where we're expected to outlive our children because our children's health is so imp- impacted, you know, by our food systems. Yeah. So, I mean, I know this is Tatum's like um, specialty, her area of love. So I'm sure she has some things to say and some questions, but what does it look like when you are working with a client on this pillar? Is that switching to foods that are better sourced? What does that kind of look like? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a couple of years ago, like after I had out of pain, after I had regenerated my body, I felt good, but I was like, I am missing something Mm -hmm. really important. And I would just comb through the grocery stores, go farmers and nothing was satisfying that deeper need. And I was like, okay, so that's when I learned about soil health. Dr. Zach Bush, all the work that he's doing. And that's when I actually partnered with an awesome regenerative company who's growing their food and their nutrition and healthy soil. And literally within three days of adding that nutrition into my body, my entire body came to life. Um, like all my hormones balanced, every, all the lights turned on. And like within three months of just adding regenerative nutrition into my body, I got back to my athleticism and fitness from high school, which I hadn't been in in 15 years, you know, so it was the missing link (laughs) of bringing regenerative health with regenerative nutrition or health soils or regenerative agriculture. So, you know, working locally, working to support like your local um, farmer's market is a huge, huge step. Um, and then just figuring out like, what are the, the soil practices and, you know, kiss the ground is an amazing video to watch. Love that. It's so good. It just starts to explain the importance of soil health, not only for our own health, but for our climate health and actually sequestering that CO2 from the atmosphere and putting it into the soils where it belongs. So yeah, having, having access to nutrient dense foods, whether you're growing it yourself, whether you have a community garden or you're linking arms with different regenerative organic companies. Yeah. It it really makes me happy to hear you say that that's, that you really think that's the missing piece because that's one thing that I feel like a lot of people really don't know about in the health and wellness world in nutrition. I feel like Liv and I talk about this all the time. You can do all, you can be eating all the foods, doing all the right things for your health. But if you're not, if you don't care about the sourcing and you're not paying attention to the sourcing, then it's not helpful. And it's negating all of those things that you're doing. You have to have good quality food. And that also, I love talking about this because it makes me realize how connected we are to plants and how similar we are to plants. Like, I feel like people think of plants as just kind of not really living beings, but the way in which they function and the systems that their plant bodies use to take up nutrients and absorb and break down nutrients is very similar to ours. And so we, if you care about your own personal health and you understand all of those systems that work within your own body, then you have to also care about, um, making sure that those systems are functioning properly in the plants that you're eating. And even, even animals that you might be eating or animal products that you might be eating. It's the same, yep. the same concept. And we don't put all living beings on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why people don't really understand this as such a huge component of health. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
basically all animals, us included, are receiving our foundational nutrition from plants mm -hmm. and then that's converting, you know? So <laughs> if that is off, then we've essentially lost that key to, to our well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, some things that I really look for as far as nutrition goes is a, is it fine ripened, you know, because plants are not going to have all of their absorption of nutrition if it's picked early and shipped mm -hmm. across, shipped across the country. Like we're not going to be receiving something that's living and nutrient dense. The next is the soil quality, you know, is it grown in like biodiversity? You know, that's the number one thing. Like, are there cover crops, you know, like what's the ecosystem like? And so when you start to get into more of regenerative nutrition, um, it really just goes back to indigenous wisdom, you know, so honoring, honoring that um, and realizing that the healthier the ecosystem, the healthier we're going to be. Yeah. And then even the water that we're watering with. So, you know, the companies I work with, they're actually water, mineral rich spring water living. Mm. And that makes a difference, you know, versus, versus if it's like city chemical water, like it makes a difference. Yeah. So when, um, this is one thing that I think that I, I get asked this question a lot. Um, and sometimes I have a hard time, like, giving suggestions or articulating like what I'm trying to say, maybe you have a better answer, but, um, for someone who knows nothing about this topic, nothing about regenerative agriculture and all of these practices that you're mentioning, how would someone who doesn't know much about this go about like looking for these things in their food? Like what kinds of questions do you want to be asking people at the farmer's market or what kind of things do you want to be looking for? Um, on a label or on a website, let's say you're looking at a, a farm near you and their website and how they source their food, kind of like what things should you be looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, starting with organic is a great place because if they're farming in an organic manner, um, it's going to be more nutrient dense food than conventional food. Um, and they're also not going to be using those pesticides and those chemicals that are killing off that soil health, unless you're going to have those healthier foods. So that's a great place to start. And then, you know, just connecting in with your farmers, like um, asking them, you know, how they're growing their foods and a way that we can share more education about this, because honestly, there's just not enough not enough people are talking about it. There's not enough education out there. There's not enough regeneratively sourced food. Like it's very rare. Um, so things like Farmer's Footprint, which is Zach Bush's organization, he has a free film that you can watch and you can learn more about it. And you could do a screening locally with your community so you could all learn about it mm. together. And it's actually providing solutions for farmers to move from conventional farming into regenerative practices. Um, and it's giving them that like foundation and that structure and that financial backing to do so, because there's, there's so many farmers who, who want to do the right thing, you know, and they've um, just been told for many generations by the chemical mm -hmm. um, 
industry that like they have to do it a certain way and they're paying for it. Like a lot of farmers are losing, losing their farms because their soils can't produce anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Most farmers are experiencing massive amounts of debt due to this reliance on the chemical industry. Um, And it's farmers also have the highest suicide rate of any profession because they have this huge weight on their shoulders of how to make this work. Mm -hmm. Forming an alliance with with farmers and helping them to transition into practices that are A, like regenerative practices versus conventional practices are going to be seven to eight times more productive. Um, And they're going to actually increase their income and release a lot of that financial burden because it's not nearly as expensive um, to farm in a regenerative capacity either. So, so, so much of it is us all working together and informing and and educating each other, forming alliances and um, seeing how we can support our farmers, you know, and at all the different capacities. Yeah. And our livelihood depends on it. Right. So it's kind of, I mean, it has to be done. Like this is something that if we want to continue thriving and being healthy, we need food to survive. So um, this is like, this is a huge, huge, huge part of, of health. Mm-hmm. It's the foundation. Like when our quality of food increases, our quality of life increases and mm-hmm. the disease decreases. So mm-hmm. back in the 70s, only one in 5,000 children were diagnosed with autism. Wow. And one in 36 children, one in 24 boys are diagnosed with autism. And there's a direct relationship and correlation to the use of, of glyphosate and that statistic. Mm-hmm. And one in two adults are diagnosed with cancer, you know? So we rate of decline and disease is, is huge in our society. And the foundational way to address it is our food systems and stepping away from our reliance on chemical agriculture. Definitely. So pillar number five is gut health, and that is a direct relationship to soil health. So the soil microbiome actually impacts our gut microbiome. So the more diverse the soil microbiome is, the healthier the plants are. The more diverse our gut microbiome is, the healthier we are, the more able we are to um have a stronger immune system. And so the foods that we're eating impact our gut microbiome health. The air that we're breathing impacts our gut microbiome health. Getting your hands in healthy, rich soil repopulates a healthy gut microbiome diversity. So the one of the best things we can do is get into nature, get into healthy ecosystems, get into a diversity of healthy ecosystems, whether it's wetlands or forests or beaches, you know, um, and getting our hands in dirt to repopulate that gut microbiome health. Um, And, you know, our mood is, is truly dependent on our gut health. So 90% of our serotonin and 50% of our dopamine is produced in our gut by this, by these microbes, by these organisms. Um, So if we don't have that healthy diversity, we're not able to access our true joy and happiness either. Um, And then our gut microbiome is where 80% of our immune function lies, you know? Um, 
And so the glyphosate that we were talking about within 20 minutes of exposure, and we're all exposed to it because it's in our food, it's in our water, it's, it's everywhere, but just within 20 minutes of exposure, it creates leaky gut. Mm-hmm. And when we gut, basically we're leaking toxins and um, things that should not be leaking that goes directly into our immune system, into our lymphatic system, which is why we're seeing so much lymphatic congestion. And then that spills over into our blood. Um, and then that is, then is able to cross our blood brain barrier. So once we have leaky gut, we experience an increase in such things as autoimmune and as well neurological weakness because those toxins that were never supposed to enter the bloodstream across the blood brain barrier are, which is creating an attack on our nervous system. So hence why we've seen the spike in Parkinson's sins and autism and, um, and MS and all of these things. Yeah. Something that I have seen more in just like learning more about nutrition in people's bodies. I probably don't know one person who doesn't have leaky gut. I feel like it is just every single person has some spectrum and form of leaky gut today. It's true. It's absolutely true. And again, it comes back to our food systems and the chemical pesticides. Um, because our guts are so thin. Mm-hmm. They are they're literally meant to be in communication with nature. Um, so the soil microbiome actually communicates to our gut microbiome. And then our gut microbiome communicates to the mitochondria in our cells, which creates cellular communication, which creates health. So talk about like all of us being interconnected and interrelated. Like we really can't be healthy without healthy ecosystems. (laughs) And on the flip side, we're also very sensitive to toxins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And not only toxins like glyphosate and um, those type of things that are in our, our food, but everything we're putting on our bodies, like Tatum and I were talking about like bath and body works, how that is such a crave. And I used to, I used to have every product on their line. And now I'm like the amount of toxins, my skin was absorbing is just crazy. And we don't even think about that as something that could affect our health true. We don't, we're not taught it and it's our largest organ and everything we put on our skin, we're eating, we're absorbing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a pillar. Pillar number five is a big one. (laughs) They are. And then the last pillar is endocrine system health, which we've gotten to talk a lot about, but you can see how all of this is interrelated. Um, So if our gut microbiome is depleted and if we have leaky gut, it's going to directly impact our endocrine system. And so we're seeing like all of these different diseases, so many names, like there's thousands of names, right? but they all come back to the same root causes. So like Hashimoto's, you know, Mm -hmm. that comes back to our thyroid health and our gut health. (laughs) Um, Goliosis, as we were saying that back to our parathyroid health. And so unless we're have that cellular energy, that cellular ATP, unless we have that alkaline environment, unless we're supporting our gut microbiome health, you know, all of these other pillars feed back to, 
the direct health of our endocrine system. And so I actually support my endocrine system on a daily basis, just like I'm exercising or I'm breathing or I'm eating fresh fruit. I'm also, you know, eating foods and herbs that support my endocrine system. Yeah. And so I like that you've mentioned herbs a bunch of times and Tatum and I are both kind of like newbie herbies. We like, um, we like venturing into that world. So what are some herbs, if you know, off the top of your head that can support, I know you talked about kidneys and then your endocrine system. Yeah, that's a great question. So for kidneys, we want to work with kidneys and adrenals. So cordyceps are great for the adrenal glands, um, eleutheral root, amazing for the adrenal glands, and then kidneys working with like your dandelion leaf, um, your juniper berries, um, marshmallow root as well as great um, nettles. There's so many good ones. I can make a list for you guys. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah. So that you can share it with everyone. And Dr. Robert Morse has some great herbs for, for kidneys as well. Um, his are the main formulations I use for kidney support. Um, and then as far as endocrine system support goes, it's, it's a lot of the same, um, kind of in the adrenal support because those are part of your endocrine system. So those juniper berries are also great. Um, the eleutheral root is wonderful. Um, it just depends. So I can give you some, a list of formulations of that as well. Like I love working with the pituitary and pineal gland. Again, those are like the top weaknesses I see and those they regulate the entire endocrine system. So if your adrenals are weak, well, maybe it's just your pineal gland and pituitary gland that we need to fix. And then Mm. on. So again, it's all interconnected. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, something that I've noticed during our conversation is just how much of your approach is rooted in food and nourishing ourselves through food. So if you don't mind sharing, I'm curious, like what is the day in the life of you eating look like? Yeah. Um, so when I was doing my regenerative health journey, like when I was regenerating my body and getting out of pain, I was like 90% fresh fruits and herbs. And I would, you know, have wiggle room in there, but anytime I'd eat something outside of that, the chronic pain would come back immediately. So Mm -hmm. I was like, it allowed me to stay true to the course in an easy way because it was like so painful not to, um, And then now it's, it's sort of a balance and a flux and flow of different things, but I do flood my body with fresh fruits and veggies. You know, I go to the farmer's market and making sure that they're like fresh picked. I just had some raspberries today that were picked like an hour ago and Mm. it was best candy I could possibly imagine, you know? (laughs) Um, So trying to strike that balance of like 80% alkaline and 20% play of whatever I sort of feel like, um, depending on like, you know, social gatherings and all the things that are happening. Yeah. That's super helpful. That's super helpful to hear. And I definitely this week, cause I'm going to the grocery store today in the farmer's market tomorrow. I'm going to try to, um, really have an alkaline diet this week. It's transformative formative and do expect, you know, old things to come to the surface. It means it's working. Give it a few days for that to pass. And, um, it's incredibly transformative and freeing. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for describing all of those six pillars. Um, it was really cool to see how holistic your approach is. Um, and actually, really quickly, before I ask you our last question, I wanted to ask, um, are these six pillars like kind of something that you developed or like, is this like a, a common um, concept among people who do the same thing as you? Yeah, these are actually my own development based on all of my studies and own wow. my own my body. Um, this is what worked for me. And these were like, just from years of studying and applying all of the practices, and like, there's a lot of information out there, but this is what I distilled it down into being like the most important pieces. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then you also, um, you, you work with people, not just on their health, but also to, like regenerate their lives in a way that aligns with their true purpose um, and their desires. So how do you kind of work to empower people in this way, be it through helping them start their own business or whatever it might be? I see you um, post a lot about this as well. Mm, thank you. I love this question. So yeah, regenerating our lives. And, and that again, has so many components, like our passion, living our mm-hmm. true passion. Cause when we're like I wake up and I'm so excited to start work. It doesn't feel like me. Like I just, I could do it all day. Like I'm playing, you know, it's, it's my lifestyle. So helping people to find what they're truly passionate about, um, their unique gift, their unique genius. And we all have that, you know, um, from all of our different life experiences to, you know, <laughs> you know, that just come together to, to give us this unique lens. So bringing that out in people um, and then giving them a platform to be able to express that um, and align with their core values through business. So I also study regenerative business and um, components of that are like, it's gotta be a win-win situation. It's got to uplifting ourselves, our personal development, our fullest capacity. It needs to be uplifting our community um, you know, supporting them, giving back to them, be giving back to the planet. Cause again, if we don't have that, we don't have any of it. Um, so helping people to align their core values with business. Um, and we have an incredible like regenerative health platform that myself and others in my community have built to help give people an outlet and an avenue for that as well. I I love that you apply the word regenerative to so many different aspects of life, because um, I think that that's a lot of people have the misconception that it only applies to agriculture. And I just love hearing you talk about how it can apply to literally any aspect of our lives um, in a way that helps us just kind of wipe the slate clean and start over and get back to feeling our best selves. So I really love that about your approach. I think that's what makes it really stand out from, Mm -hmm. from other approaches, in my opinion. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. It's kind of just been a theme in my life and uh, we actually moved out to the Santa Barbara area to um, support the white Buffalo foundation. And they're working with incredible regenerative practices and sort of a hub for um, regenerative agriculture, but also regenerative business. So um, there's, there's someone that I also look up to. 
Yeah. And I think that's such a common theme right now in our world. We just are realizing so many areas in which we really do need to regenerate as a population, as a community, um, and just like really get down to the root of like mm-hmm. why we're all experiencing so much like sadness and grief and everything just feels so heavy lately. And I feel like this is such a, a refreshing approach to know mm-hmm. that, um, that we can start anew again. So Absolutely. Yeah. I truly think we're the generation of, of regeneration and mm-hmm. it's sort of necessity, <laughs> yeah. but together and the younger generations too, like they have so much voice and passion and care, um, of what's possible. And, and when we come together, bringing all the different solutions and I think bringing business into it is so important, you know, bringing our economic system is hugely important because that's how we're going to make a change. That's how we're going to make a difference. We can vote with our dollars and our choices of what we're supporting. And also in our business models, we can make a huge difference in the world. Like my business is my form of activism. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that is great to hear. And I think that after everybody listening to this, they are obviously going to want to find you, understand how they can work with you, understand this concept more. So where can our listeners find you on social media or website or whatever? Yeah. So rita-jean.com is my website. And then at underscore Rita Jean is my Instagram. Feel free to DM me or just reach out. Um, And then I can put, put my email down below too, for you guys, if you want. Yeah. We will put all of that in the show notes so people can go find you. This was such an amazing conversation. I am so glad we got to talk with you because I knew a little bit about what you did, but I just had no idea that it was this comprehensive. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so glad that we got to have this conversation today through this podcast. We've met so many amazing women and people who bring something unique to the table. Um, and this episode is just really standing out to me. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you ladies so much. I really value you and appreciate you and the messages that you're sharing with the world and the voices you're uplifting. And I'm just honored to be a guest. So thank you so much. Yay. Thank you, Rita.